always depended on the kindness of strangers. All right, so he's not a regular rat, or, or even a super rat. He's a scared little mouse, that's all. Welcome to The Real Woman, a podcast about all things cinematic. I'm your host, Emmanuel Perryman, and my guest today is Halim Strings Razul. Welcome, Halim. Great to be here. How are you doing? Good, good. Uh, and today we're talking about a documentary that you directed mm-hmm. uh, called Jitterbugs. Yes. And. Uh, Tell us a little bit about um, yourself, how you, this is a, a documentary about dance, a, a dance style. Right. Uh, so tell me a little bit about yourself, how you got into dance, and then how you got into this specific style that led to this movie. Okay. Um, born and raised in Detroit, 1977, gosh, giving away my age. but. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, born on the west side, um, always lived here, um, went to school in Kalamazoo, um, Western Michigan University, but, um, you know, through my years, I've always been gravitating towards dance. Um, my late cousin, he was a pretty phenomenal dancer. He was a pillar in our, um, our family, all the family reunions, he used to really like, you know, everybody knew who he was. He was like a celebrity in the family. And uh, that's kind of my first, you know, intro to dance and being drawn to it. I just remember him. Um, he used to uh, dance on the scene. Uh, you know, that was a popular public, you know, like a uh, dance feature in Detroit. The scene? Yeah, the it scene. It was a, a, yeah. sort of like a soul train yeah, soul type train of Detroit. show. Right. For local um, Detroit, okay. Yep, and if you was on that show, you was like a ghetto celebrity, for real. Um, and then my older brother, um, he was he was into rap and hip-hop, you know what I'm saying? So that kind of give you a kind of mm-hmm. synopsis of, like, my influences. Um, and so I always used to see this dance form um, in Detroit at the dance parties. It was unique from everything else, you know, because it was really, like, a certain style fast footwork. And this is JIT? This is JIT. This is JIT. Yeah. Um, You know, a lot of, of course, the popular dance forms was breaking. People know it as break dancing and, you know, some of those um, iconic dance forms. Um, I'm just thinking, like, this dance form that I'm seeing, JIT, was kind of like on par with that as far as like everybody was doing it in the world, you know what I'm saying? This was before social media. And so what era, uh, what years, was this like the early 80s or mid 80s? Um, this is like, for me, late 80s, early 90s for okay. me. Okay, okay. Um, so uh, I got into it a little bit, you know what I'm saying? I used to watch the, the new dance show and, you know, try to copy and, you know, I, you know, I seen people at the parties doing it, you know, you're just trying to do it, you're a you know, young kid, but I wouldn't say, like, you know, I was doing it, you know. Yeah. Um, and the new dance show was another... Yes, the new dance show came after the scene, another broadcast, um, it went on for a stretch, you know, um, 
but yeah, they would have these segments, the mixed sections, and you know, they would highlight, you know, certain, you know, you, you would see the dance on there coming right. down the line, people doing it. So I was really drawn into that, amongst everything else. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, I got drawn into breaking, you know. Uh, I think I started like 94, and I started going to the clubs. Uh, I was 16, 17 years old. My brother used to get me in. Um, my first club was St. Andrews, you know. I Just went, down the street yep, here. Yep, okay. Inf the infamous St. Andrews Hall that's from, you know, from the Eight Mile, the movie. Mm -hmm. You know, so I was going there at like prime time, you know, and I would see like a lot of the, the different dancers there. So breaking, you know, popping, you know, house, jet, everything. Um, but I was more drawn into popping and b-boying at this time. I kind of left everything else. Then I started like, you know, fast forward, I started uh, to travel with it. We went to New York, the birthplace, went to uh, Rocksteady Anniversary. Rocksteady Crew was a, you know, pretty influential crew. That was the crew on Flashdance. They did a lot of big stuff for breaking, you know. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, a lot of people from all over the world used to go to this event, you know, like from Japan, Europe, and places like that, you know, different And this was an event in New York? In New York. Yeah. And so at this point, you were actually mm -hmm. good enough that you could travel from, to New York to mm -hmm. perform at this event? Yeah, it, was, it wasn't like you had to be a certain level. It was... Um, were you at least confident enough yeah, that you, yeah, you like, could do it? Yeah, yeah. confident, and um, this is where you learn more. It's like going to a convention for something else, and you okay. just wanted to be around it and learn more. You know, so this was kind of... You know, I, I kind of got, yeah, I was young at the time. Um, luckily, I was around some older figures who knew how to travel. This was before, you know, like the apps and everything to get you mm -hmm. places. So I'm just, all I needed to save a, a certain amount of money and follow these guys. <laughs> right. I'm going to New York, first flight to New York. And I'm um, just, you know, following these guys. And it was like just awesome experience, you know what I'm saying? Like three day event panel discussions, battles, you know what I'm saying, pioneers everywhere. So I'm seeing these different styles, though, amongst b-boying and just whatever. Like Miami had a certain style. West Coast had a certain style. The, 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 the Japanese, you know, they came with a certain flavor. You know, people from Germany, you know what I'm saying? And, I, and this would kind of like brought me into like just the, you know, the realization like, okay, people are bringing their different flavors and uniqueness, you know, and that starts to reflect on like, you know, what could I bring? Mm -hmm. And you know, what does Detroit have that's different? Right. And then I started thinking about, you know, the jet, you know yeah. what I'm saying? I was yeah. like, I don't see nobody doing this, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. that kind of piqued my interest, you know? Uh, so when I went back home, you know, I, I've been to the Roxanne University maybe like seven times, you know? But, you know, um, during this, you know, my travels, you know, I would come back and, you know, I would try to get amongst, you know, the dancers here and ask questions about the jig, you know what I'm saying? Because I felt like, you know, going to New York, they had all of their history together. You know, mm -hmm. they had it where, you know, they teaching the moves, where they came from, who, you know, the pioneers. They had the history totally, you know, just 
you know, laid out. Right. And so when I came home, I'm thinking, you know, you know, this Detroit jet history is all laid out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but nobody had any official documentation. You would just hear certain groups, you know, here and there, certain names, blah, 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 but nothing, you know, really official. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that kind of led me uh, down the path of, like, basically documentation, you know. I'm connecting with OGs, um, and I started off with an article, actually. I had a writer, um, commissioned a writer, and I supported her with the, you know, different people from the scene who had certain information. And that was like my first attempt to really, you know, put everything together. Sort of creating yeah. a mythology and a yeah. history. Right. Um, yeah. Or not creating it, but, mm. but, yeah. but pulling it together. Exactly. Like a, like a puzzle and right. putting it, uh, mm -hmm. getting it on, on paper, so to speak, so that mm -hmm. it will be remembered. Exactly. And so she wrote something like, was this an article for like a magazine or, or online? Yeah, it was uh, for online. Um, um, I didn't think it get, I got published or anything like that, but a lot of people did source it. Um, and her name was, uh, the writer was Dina Dunham. You know, she was a local writer here. She did other things too at the time. Um, it's been a minute since I ran across her, but she did a really great job on that. And I think it worked for that, for that moment. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, the, you know, a couple of things were like not all the way there, but we eventually um, hashed those out with the film. You know what I'm saying? So, so you have this thing written. Mm -hmm. So, how do you go from having this piece written to I'm going to direct a right. documentary? Right. That seems like a big step. That's a huge step, <laughs> and it wasn't. It was something I, I consider a blessing in that I was guided towards. You know, all praise to the Most High. Um, you know, when I went to school, uh, you know, I was an art major. I, I had some experience in editing and things like that. Um, but still, that wasn't the reason why I got into it. It's just, you know, I had access to a camera, knew how to work camera, things like that. Um, but as I started to, like, push forward, you know, my first um, initial uh, idea was to, like, uh, you know, just to document people speaking about it and just throwing it on the internet. So mm -hmm. around this time, you know, YouTube was out and stuff like that. And uh, it just so happened that the Jitterbugs, this particular group, group from the 70s, which was brought up by a lot of people back in the day, actually was, you know, I got in contact with them. And, um, and, yeah. and these, the, the Jitterbug members were Stanley Bowman. Yeah. Tony Carsegi. Yeah, Carsegi. Carsegi. Mm -hmm. James McGee. Mm -hmm. Tracy McGee and Johnny McGee, yep. who were brothers. Exactly. And so, were they um, easy to get a hold of? I mean, how did you get a hold of them? Or they, how okay. did they, you two come together? All five of you come together? You know, for me, it was just, you know, just asking questions and keep asking questions. And, you know, somebody would, you know, say, you know, well, for this particular, I think one you know person I have to mention is Sundiata, which is in a film, and he's a um, musician, pillar in Detroit, percussionist, and he actually knew uh, uh, a, 
the group called the Boom Brothers that mm-hmm. actually had a song with the Jitterbugs and Jitterbugs dance with them. So he knew how, you know, this dance form early on. He was kind of in that same cloth. Mm-hmm. And um, I interviewed him, and then I think he got with uh, one of the Boom Brothers, and the Boom Brothers told, you know, he told one of the Boom Brothers that there's a guy that's looking for the jitterbugs, and he knew how to get, you know. So sort of a word of mouth. Yeah, word of mouth. Situation. Yeah. And I, I have to say, that is something that is, mm-hmm. at least in my experience, been particular to Detroit, mm-hmm. that if you really want to meet someone, mm-hmm. chances are there is a six degrees. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> you can, you can, uh, you know, I, I don't know him, but I know this person knows someone who mm-hmm. knows them, and you can, you can work your way there. Exactly. Um, more easily than you could in New York, mm-hmm. for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, you know, I think that that's the, you know, and part of it's just numbers. They're, they're, it's not a huge population in Detroit. Mm-hmm. And then the arts community small. is smaller. Yep. And really everyone either knows everyone or mm-hmm. knows of mm-hmm. people. So that's, you yeah. can, you can, you can leapfrog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can get a lot accomplished, actually, just by, like you said, word of mouth, you know, and that's kind of how it happened. And then um, I just got a call. I think it was uh, Tracy McGee, and uh, we talked on the phone for a little bit. I set up our first interview, you know, um, you know, sat down with these guys. It was just Tracy McGee and Johnny McGee at the time, and, and I just listened and ask questions. Mm-hmm. Our first interview was like three, four hours. And my, through that, you know, I just, so much information was dropped in that four hours, you know, that I wanted to initially like put it online, but I was like, nobody's gonna just sit here for four hours, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, right. and you know these so guys. So they were open, he was yeah. open to talking to you and he yeah. really, um, mm-hmm. not everyone wants to, mind their past mm-hmm. so that's nice that he was um receptive right to to talking about his history and, and mm-hmm. connection to, to to jet right right um and so it was some some real key information that I, that I learned in that session and then i took it back to some of the um my crew on the, in the film like people that like would advise me and like you know that i'll throw some information on and see you know what response i you know they would give me and just like i received this information it was like whoa this is some really deep stuff man you and it was like man this should be put out more in a more professional manner you know what i'm saying that Mm kind of like that's what kind of started like you know like the but like his story really deserved to be told yeah in the best way in the best way yeah and and i knew how much work that could take and I was trying to avoid it at all costs. Because <laughs> just, just imagine, I'm in, I'm in like the prime of my dancing career. You know, I'm doing a lot of traveling, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. A lot of things happening, performing, you know. And I just knew the amount of time, you know, that, you know, something like that would take. And I just knew that I didn't have all the expertise to do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so it was yeah. just like, but I felt like it was just being pushed, pushed. And so, like, 
<clears throat> how I work sometimes too. So this is really a passion project. It is, you know, yeah. And but I learned a lot in a way, and it turned out to be a blessing, you know. Um, so from start to finish, how long did it take you to put the movie together? Well, um, since I ran into the Jitterbugs in that first uh, interview with them until the completion of it, that was six years. Six yeah, years? Just from that point. Wow, okay. But I feel like this has been an ongoing thing because before or prior to, I've always been like, you know, interviewing people, trying to connect the dots, and you know, that was years before that, to get just to get to that point. Right. So this... Right. <laughs> so this is probably a solid 10 years of your life. Even more. Even more. Let me see. Yeah, I, I can't even put a number on it. And so you, in this time though, you um, created your own dance crew, Hardcore Detroit, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And you had begun performing and teaching JIT, mm -hmm. the JIT dance. So at, so at what point, you'd gone to these battles in New York and said, I can bring something to this from Detroit that they haven't seen. Mm -hmm. And so how did you learn jet who did you learn it from mm -hmm. you know so yeah even before i met the jitterbugs you know i was already jitting for some years um my jit mentor he passed away his name was devonir and um i got with him like late 90s you know and he mm -hmm. you know um you know he would he was you know well respected in the dance community if you bring his name up a lot of people you know just they know um, and he was a key person because he was um, older and he knew some things too like he knew how to you know do various different styles you know what I'm saying he knew mm -hmm. how to be like oh uh, this shuffle right here is you know come from you know Kaj you know what I'm saying this is mm -hmm. you know you know he knew the names everything so I was out of, outside of the culture but he would like you know he was a, a huge influence um, so, uh, you know, so I was, I was in jitting for, for a minute, but I would have to say, you know, just with my experience and travel experience, I basically took the format of what I learned from my travels and brought it back here and, and just tried to use what I learned to, you know, uh, bring it back to my city. Mm -hmm. So, um, whether it was like, you know, I've, I've taken workshops and things like that, so I knew how to at least go about instructing workshops, you know, mm -hmm. what, what was important um, um, elements to, to, you know, in a workshop, things like that. Um, how to begin the documentation process, you know, going to the pioneers. Um, so I just used what I had to kind of like get what I want, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And, mm -hmm. um, and basically I, I just wanted um, I knew this was a jewel for Detroit, and I felt like I shouldn't have had to do this. This should have already been done, you know. Right. <laughs> but, but you were the person you were waiting for. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. man, you know, and, uh, you know, and I say that humbly, you know what I'm saying, because, uh, like, some people think maybe, like, I'm, I was on this a colonial type, you know, approach but it was not like that at all I did not want to do this <laughs> <laughs> but looking back at it you know it was um, it was like I said it was a blessing I felt like 
I was guided to this and I was the right person to do this. You know what I'm saying? So And so <laughs> and so the movie comes out and it's actually the the give us the official full title of the film. Yes, yeah, so it's called The Jitterbugs, Pioneers of the Jit. And when does I don't want to give too much away about the movie because I want people to see it, but but JIT starts in Detroit in the mid seventies. Mid seventies, and it comes out of so people know it's not the jitterbug from the like night. from the forties or fifties. Right. Mm -hmm. It's it's its own thing. Right, they're the jitterbugs because they're the uh, dancers of the JIT. Right, and um, you know they took the title jitterbugs because. In the 60s and the 70s, probably even a little bit before, to be a jitterbug was uh, was a, another name for being like a criminal. Okay. Yeah, okay. a gangster type of individual. And these guys were indeed that, and that's kind of how they kind of like was endowed with the name, you know. Okay. So that's one key thing that was like whoa when I first heard that I had I had no I never heard that before yeah but I have heard it in context before like somebody would say you know like call somebody a jitterbug but I didn't know that's what they were referring to you see right but when right. they broke it down like that and why they chose the name it just all made sense and it was like that history could have been lost because you know nobody has really you know preserved it but jit it even now in 2019, mm -hmm. people are still doing JIT, and right. not just you and your crew. Like right. it is still yeah. um, prevalent in mm -hmm. Detroit, it and is. it, and it, and the. Um, I, I feel like in a way you sort of were able to take it the next level mm -hmm. um, from from what these guys did, mm -hmm. uh, because you have taken JIT. Around the world, mm -hmm. uh, where are some of the places you've you've performed JIT? Um, okay, uh, different places in Asia. Like I've been to um, different parts of China, Beijing, Shanghai, Chengdu. I've been to Indonesia. Um, been to Paris and Sweden, and I've been to Africa. And I've been all. And where in Africa? Uh, Zimbabwe and Ethiopia. Okay, yeah. and so, and so, and I've been to um, uh, Iraq too. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So, so what is happening in these countries? I mean, mm -hmm. is someone from from Zimbabwe calling you and say we want you? You know, like how do you end up bringing it to these countries? Do you just say I want to go to this country and perform it, or are you invited? Well. Like I say, you know, like this whole thing has been a guided process, alhamdulillah. It's all been kind of uniquely different as far as Zimbabwe. Um, there's a Zimbabwe cultural um, center here in Detroit. Mm -hmm. And one of the directors is originally from Zimbabwe and he established here in Detroit. And just so happened he came in on a rehearsal that I was doing with a group called the Hinterlands for, for my China trip. And he saw like the dance I was doing, and he heard the name Jit, and it just so happened that rung a bell because she remembered a, a Jit in Zimbabwe. Oh, <laughs> it's called wow. a Jit T. Okay. And so that kind of led down the path of this um, 
this exchange like years later. It's right. so funny. Right. So it's so it's, it's different. It's different it's avenues different. that, that different you know avenues. lead you. Um, mm-hmm. So what year does this movie come out? Like late 2014. And yeah. it's uh, currently available to stream on Amazon. Yes, Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Um, and are and can you purchase a DVD? Yes, you can. We still got some hard copies. Uh, and can you so you can purchase through Amazon? Um, you can purchase through Amazon, or you can uh, go directly to the site, um, DetroitJitterbugs.com. You know, uh, through PayPal or whatever, okay. and um, also through um, the Hardcore Detroit website, so HardcoreDetroit.com. Um, you can Google if you don't remember those. Um, the JIT, you know, what I'm saying I also mm-hmm. um, also established DetroitJIT.com, where it's got the whole timeline too. And I and I see that you have another movie here, which what this is called Detroit versus Chicago. Yeah, this was done in like 2007, I believe. And uh, this is not more like this is not a movie. It's just more like uh, coverage of an event that okay. I p- produced called Jit versus Juke uh, or Chicago Footworking, and it was an event that I did organized. It was at, held at St. Andrews Hall. And basically, around this time, you know, we discovered that Chicago had a footworking style. Mm-hmm. And then so, of course, that started this whole kind of beef, this clashing between right. the two. So it was a lot of stuff like being said on, 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 on the different forums online at the time, and so. So this was sort of a dance battle. Yeah. Of Jit versus Juke. Yeah. yeah, so we said we're gonna hash okay. it out. We're okay. gonna hash it out. <laughs> and is this, um, yeah. is this available? This is well? available too. This is available on um, hardcoredetroit.com. This is a classic piece right here. This, this event was uh, a very special event, high energy. Everybody still talks about this event. It got a lot of things kicking off. Um, but then it, it, it kind of got a, a mutual respect with Chicago as well after this event. Because before it end, people was talking about killing each other. Oh, God, no. That would be It was. So by me actually putting on this event, you know, it was, it was, it was, you know, it was, a, it was jeopardy. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. You know, looking back at it, I was like, wow, I mean, I, you know, anything could happen, you know? <laughs> that's, that's exciting. Yeah, so, but wow, I, would, I, I really want to watch this now. You know, like, I would, you know, I would actually never want to do something like this again. <laughs> it was, but um, it has been done again, but not on this scale. You right, know what I'm saying? Right. We still had this relationship where some Chicago people come here and do things and, Vice versa, we still have these exchanges, but like this, it was it was uh, it was a lot. <laughs> so um, there were five original members of the Jitterbugs. Yes. And there are how many surviving now? Uh, they're all still around, but oh, okay. yeah, but um, you know, the three brothers, most of their career was just the three brothers. Right. Yep. So the other two kind of got phased out really early. Um, they are around, but we're not sure what they're up to. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I have to say, it's very interesting how 
those first two got phased out. Mm-hmm. I don't. I almost. I like. I don't want to spoil it because people. <laughs> I really want people to watch it because it's quite yeah. intriguing. Yeah. How, um, I, you know, I had watched this movie a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and I rewatched it yesterday. Okay. Uh, and I hadn't. I I remembered certain things, but I didn't remember everything, and I just. Was sitting there, like, oh my god! <laughs> no. How did I forget that? Right, like that is insane. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I what's very interesting about it is it really is, you know, a sort of semi rags to riches story right. of these guys who really shouldn't have amounted to much right. to, based on where they were from and right. the environment that they were living in. Mm-hmm. And they basically um, danced their way mm-hmm. out of that mm-hmm. scenario mm-hmm. And, and, and improved their, their situation mm-hmm. dramatically through dance, mm-hmm. which, you know, I just... I love dance, and so I love that idea that's, that that these guys were able to mm-hmm. use dance to improve their mm-hmm. their situation. Um, and that's why I think the arts are so important. Right. But uh, but what you know when you were talking to them, did they seem you know were they proud of what had happened were they was it a sort of bittersweet situation how did they feel about their story about their story well when i first uh, interviewed them they were kind of like out of touch as far as like um like the the current jit that was going on Mm -hmm. and you know where they came into it um and so you know, once um, they started to realize, you know, like they they did leave a legacy, you know. So they hadn't even realized not so that it, that, that that it had gone on beyond them. Yeah, not to to a crazy extent. They actually said like, you know, you know, once they found out because I guess they did when once they first heard that I was looking for them, they didn't right away respond to me. They didn't try to get, connect with me. But when they heard that I went to Sweden because of it. Mm-hmm. Then they were like, okay, maybe, maybe we should talk to this guy. He's serious. Yeah, they, that's what they told me, you know what I'm saying? That's yeah. what, what was the kicker for them. Um, because I guess they, 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 they knew that was, you know, still local and people were still doing it, but they didn't really equate that to like, the dance had really, really went far. You see what yeah. I'm saying? So, yeah. But when they saw like the potential because there was outside interest, then, you know, they were they, they reached out to me, and uh, but yeah, as you know, their personalities, yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. you can see that happening. Yeah, you yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this 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 whole project though is crazy because their stories they could just go on and on and on. There was a lot of stories that that I wish I could have put in the film, but sick of time and things like that. 
and we were trying to keep it on the PJ, PG tip too. So it was <laughs> like maybe those go for go to YouTube. Exactly. So it's like you know they have some really like some crazy stories that like I just wish I could put in there. But it's already crazy enough. But it's it just really like <laughs> like it's some real rated R version. Yeah. Yeah, these guys were like next level, man. It's like some stories that like I wish I can take out of my brain. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah. uh, someone I was surprised to see, mm -hmm. and there was Kim Weston. Yeah, Kim Weston. And just tell us who she who she is and mm -hmm. uh, to them and who she was because she was Motown initially. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She did a song with Marvin Gaye that was real big. Um, so she she came. It takes that, two. Yeah, it takes two. Mm -hmm. Yep, and she uh, she came from that cloth. You know, you know how Barry Gordy they had this whole you know artist development regimen over at mm -hmm. Motown that mm -hmm. she came from, and she had a, a, a established it's called Festival of Performing Arts, where she basically took that model and then took it to the streets and to, to the youth. And so, and this started in '77, correct? I forgot what um, when the Festival of Performing Arts started, but um, that's a good question. But it's—I yeah. feel like I remember in the movie that it was like the late '70s. Late '70s, yeah. Because I, I got all this stuff on the timeline too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she she did that, and basically when the Jitterbugs got involved with that, they became her instant favorites. So she did everything she could do as far as like take them to the next level. Like they had. And what do you think it is? Like mm -hmm. why? Mm -hmm. Why? Because there were not a lot of people there. Mm -hmm. What do you think it was about them that so appealed to her, attracted her to them? Hmm, that's a good question too. I would say though, um, uh, you know. The, the dynamic side of their act. Now you try to place yourself around that time. You know you had different dance acts. You know you had TNT. You had like people doing. You know. And what's TNT? Like, TNT. They were another popular group. Their, okay. Their style was like like a street jazz and like okay. they did all the shake dances and stuff. Okay. But they had an awesome you know run too. You know and. But, you know, you can see that style, you know, like, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people was doing the shake dances on the scene, you know, so it wasn't something that was like, you unique, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you had people doing the popping and the locking and stuff like that. But I think her eye was, you know, you know, a little bit more seasoned. Mm -hmm. So to be able to just see what these guys were doing. She probably thought it was like, yo, this is this is this is powerful. This is And it was more it was more it was original. It was, it was more original. unique. Yeah. And and while it was certainly original, it did have um, roots in other <laughs> dance forms. Right. So they were influenced by um, well what were their some Well they said um like later on in their career or like mid career they were influenced by Nicholas Brothers. Prior to the Nicholas Brothers yeah. were a tap dance right. duo in the mm -hmm. 30s, right. 40s, mm -hmm. um, and the Jackson Five. And the Jackson Five, because you know, like I, I try to like, I realize you know, because you know a lot of people say you know the Jacksons and Michael Jackson was influenced, but they had a uh, 
more of a special connection because they were brothers and mm -hmm. like so when he's seen the Jackson they were brothers and they were young right. so you gotta keep in mind that was one of the first like youth groups that ever popped off so you just can imagine at their time and them seeing that you know and they were much older yeah exactly so yeah. you know that yeah. that would be an inspiration you see yeah. what I'm saying so yeah. you know they really speak highly of the Jackson 5 um, uh, and they said uh, too also like one of the first street dance forms they seen as a crew was uh, locking from the west coast so that was kind of an impact so they sort of, they take this sort of West Coast style, the Jackson Five and the Nicholas Brothers, and create this new dance form. And so tell I would I, I wouldn't say though they took anything well, necessarily. Well, mm -hmm. I'm not not took in terms of like I'm going to take that step, but influenced, but took yeah. inspiration Inspired, from. Yeah. Um, uh, and were influenced by. Right. Um, now, just explain to us what exactly is JIT? Mm -hmm. What you know? What makes what makes JIT JIT? What is that style? Well, you know, it's a lot of people associated with the footwork side of the dance. You know, um, we have our own unique special way we do our footwork you know and um, it's fast th it's fast and it's usually associated with you know techno music um, you know electronic you know sped up music however it's got a rich history because when they was doing it it was a funk style because mm -hmm. techno wasn't even out at the time and so mm -hmm. that's where another you know aha you know moment in these interviews happened so this originally started as a funk style you know what I'm saying like George Clinton yeah performing mm -hmm. to that and, exactly and, and uh, yeah 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 and um, so uh, but it like anything it evolved over time but you know if you really want to you know really go back to the beginning they would say it started off with the shuffle which is the walk Mm -hmm. And everything kind of built off of that, and that's so the shuffle is a is an element mm -hmm. in jet yep. that is a specific way of walking, mm -hmm. and it's any direction side to side. Mm -hmm. It's it, but it's fast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, and then you know, then you have drops. You know, um, you know, other dance forms have you know certain ways they went down, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, mm -hmm. they had some key things and then the way it evolved in Detroit, it just, it just, it just evolved in a, a very unique way, you know what I'm saying? The way we do mm -hmm. drops now. Um, and drops is literally dropping to, to, the, to floor. the floor. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, in the splits mm -hmm. and not the splits, yep. a variety of ways. Ways, yeah. Okay. So, um, and of course, you know, um, as it evolved, you know, arms got into it, you know. I have to mention there's some other key groups that played, you know, very important roles to, to what the JIT looks like today. Um, one of them is called the Mad Dancers. Mm -hmm. And um, they get like um, a recognition of it for what the JIT looks like now, you know, okay. the direction. So they were sort of the second wave. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, when did they come out? Uh, they like early 80s. Okay. Yep, yep. And some of them are still around too. You know what I'm saying? So definitely, um, 
you know. And this is the great thing about this because, you know, as we're, you know, making these steps, everything is becoming clear and, mm -hmm. you know, boom, this is, this is what it's supposed to be, you know what I'm right, saying? Right. So um, then there's a, uh, also the Earl Flynn's. So they were a gang and it came up around that time too. And, um, but they hold signature was like hand motions, you know what okay. I'm saying? So they, you know, they would be doing this, you know what I'm saying? And everybody knew this is, you know, who they were, the Earl Flynn's. Um, but they did jitting too. They they had they their um, footwork style, and they would incorporate arms. And they when they went to the floor, they would like be dancing on the floor. They'd stay on the floor and be dancing. So they kind of brought that element to the to the um, mm -hmm. to the dance form as well. And then the dance went inside of you know some different areas. One of which was the male dance arena. Mm -hmm. You know so. Um, and that's where the whole like exotic side would come out, you know, um, hip rolling and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, then on the west side, people were connecting, locking, and popping with it. Mm -hmm. and created a style called funketeering um, from Inkster, and that stuck. So now what you see today is like a, a mesh of all of it. So you might somebody might be jitting and then start funketeering. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, jitting and then doing some like some shake dances from the scene or something like that. Some mm -hmm. throwback dances. You know what I'm saying? Arm work. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but it's all Detroit. So how yeah. many styles of jit are mm -hmm. like? If jit's the umbrella, mm -hmm. there's west west side style. It is a west side style. And there's an east side and style. An east side style. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then there's now this. Funka, Funkateer. Funkateer. Yep, yep. And which is different from West Side and East Side. So there are at least three or four. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, so the Mad Dancers, they're they they're like East Side. So, you know, they would be considered that East Side branch. Earl Flynn is East Side. Um, West Side, um, more of the, the male dance, like a lot of the, uh, the, the exotic male dance clubs were on the West Side. So that was kind of their platform. Also, they're no, more known to be the dynamic side of, of jitting, you know, all of the acrobatic stunts. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, the east side is very heavily well done with like form, like real great okay. form. Okay, okay, and are the jitterbugs, which, <laughs> which style are the jitterbugs? So they're actually west side style so okay. it makes sense you know what i'm saying yeah. they're that yeah. dynamics but a lot of people that was another like misconception because a lot of people used to say you know that the jit was an east side thing right yeah, yeah but but you know there it's like okay i see how you know they could say that if you if you're starting off with the mad dancers you see what i'm saying so so now we we have this this gumbo that we're working with and like you know um at least, you know, all of the elements there and we're having this conversation, so, yeah. And, and do you do a specific style or you do? Oh, yeah, so <laughs> I'm a West Sider, you know what I'm saying? However, um, you know, just because of my dance background and so my approach to this dance is like, I want to bring the classic style back and intertwine it with, you know, um, the contemporary style, so 
Like I'm trying to like learn what these guys are doing and, and incorporate it, you know what I'm saying? Because um, that would be a, a, another interesting take, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So that's what I've been. And, and what's sort of the reception generally when you do this? Because mm -hmm. this is, you're usually performing with Hardcore Detroit. Yes. Which is your troupe. Mm -hmm. And so when you go around the country or around the world, mm -hmm. what's the reception usually? Do people know of JIT? Are they, is this usually, is it usually their first time seeing it? Mm -hmm. In most cases, yes, in the past, but nowadays it's like, you know, because of social media and, and we kind of been making some noise, you know, there's other um, key people and acts that's been going out and so we've been covering a lot more ground. Um, so yeah, you, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, people already knew and seen it before, mm -hmm. you see what I'm saying? So, and that's good for us because, you know, that's gonna create more um, awareness, more opportunities for everybody and uh, it's just gonna be a good look, you know what I'm saying, um, for the dance itself, I think. Uh, so it's, so it's, so it's, it's getting out there and mm -hmm. I feel like I saw a picture of you recently, well, recently, I, it's, you know, in the last couple of years, with um, Nigel Lithgow, Lithgow, <laughs> of, uh, uh, yeah. So You Think You Can Dance. Right, right. So how did that all happen? Is he, is he into JIT now? Oh, man, that's a long story, man. That could be a whole film in itself, the way I was able to do that. But, um, wow. Okay, let me see if I can <laughs> give you the short story. It, was it in Detroit? Yep. They were were they auditioning here? They auditioned in like uh um one of the guys here, uh Mike Manson, he he made it on the show and he actually made it onto television. So that was mm -hmm. a good look for Jitty. Right. So people um he made it on a national level. Um however, um I, you know, when the film was coming out and I wanted to get, um, I wanted to get, uh, they call it a certain, uh, a name where, where it's like, it's just a quick blurb to, to help promote the film. Right. But it, it had to be from a key person. Right. So we, uh, initially I wanted Twitch, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. I was trying to reach out to him, I, I, I wasn't able to get with him. And then I found and out. And Twitch was a dancer, just in case he, he was a dancer yeah. on. So you think you can dance? Yeah. Who won? He, Didn't I, he win, or what? He certainly got down to like second yeah. or for. He, and yeah. he, and mm -hmm. then he's come back as on, a judge. As a judge, right. and he's done sort of. Mm -hmm. um, he's considered sort of one of the celebrity dancers. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and and his style is more like. Yeah, like uh, he does various form of street dance, you know. He but he's heavily well in the choreo mm -hmm. side of things too, and and then also in that whole, um, you know, commercial side. But he would the, know of Jit. Yeah, yeah, and he was actually, I believe, when he came here, I believe he was on a panel, if I'm not mistaken. So he was he was into it. You can tell, like, you right. know, he was asking questions and everything, but. Um, so um, the way this happened is like uh, I, for some reason, I found out that you know uh, Nigel was supposed to be in town to do a, to do a seminar, a speech, and it was at the I believe at the Renaissance Center, and I was like, man, 
I've been, I think I've been trying to reach out to him online and, and wasn't able to. So I said I was going to try. I'm going to hit up the seminar, mm-hmm. see if I can just catch him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I did receive help and through the Knights Foundation. And a lot of people don't know this story, but because I received the Knights Arts Grant um, to, to like actually premiere this film premiere this film and uh, I was able to use their resources and one of your resources was help planning certain things and like mm-hmm. I think they had a hand in planning this event so what they did was uh, they helped set up the situation so I was able to talk to them so they right. gave me times right, right. you see what I'm saying right, right. And, they, and then they also set up where a photographer <laughs> Would just so happen. Just so happen, accidentally, <laughs> yeah. on purpose. So once I started talking to him, the photographer yeah. was like, okay, that's just cute to come over. And I was like, oh, you know, so we took a <laughs> That was, you know, yeah, that's yeah. what you got to do sometimes. But So I introduced myself. I told him about the project. He didn't know at this time. I got his his card. So now I was able. Was he familiar with JIT? <sighs> you know what? I can't remember at this time. I okay. can't remember. But... You know, I would send him, you know, links and things like that. And he told me, uh, he would give me a, a short, you know, blurb and just to, you know, c- contact him. And I literally, you know, would follow up with him for like months and months and months. And he finally <laughs> he responded and gave it to me. And so I was able to, to, to put it on the cover of the DVD. And it says... Um, this movie will take off, it's Jit Propel. So I did send him a screener, he watched it, and this is um, what he, what he uh, returned back so I could put on there, and that helped. Oh, that's yeah. great, yeah. that's great. So yeah, a, little, a lot of things like this about this film, which is just so crazy, like just even coming across Kim Weston, you know? Yeah. They had fell out of contact with her, nobody knew who she was, and she, we found out she was gonna be the host at Detroit Black, like, awards or something like that so we crashed that we end up like persistence persistence that's i'm telling you this was a a godsend right here like you know we got mason from you know the pistons announcers from the radio station back in the day to to do the narration you know that was that's what i was wondering who that was yeah uh because I'm not a native Detroiter, so I don't oh, okay, yeah. I don't recognize yeah. voices immediately, you know, from mm-hmm. Detroit past. But I, but I did it, while we were, I was watching it. I thought that was sort of one of the questions in the back of my head: Who's doing this? Mm-hmm. Who's who's doing this narration? And so this was mm-hmm. say his name again. Yeah, Mason um, from Mason in the Morning, Detroit ninety eight WJLB. He's on another radio station now, but he's the official Detroit Pistons announcer right now. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, it's 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 interesting be, that the sort of the um, making of the movie was in certain respects mirrored what the movie was about. Mm-hmm. This idea of persistence yeah. and you know maybe the people doing this. Mm-hmm are not the people you would necessarily think would be doing this, mm-hmm. but it still had a positive mm-hmm. uh, outcome. Yes. Yeah. And uh, uh, so, that's, so that's wonderful. So uh, just before we, we come to an end of this 
really fun discussion. Um, is there anywhere, um, just say one more time where people can find the movie, where they can purchase it if they'd like, and if you have any um, social media uh, right, right, right. that people can follow you at. Yes, so you can um, watch the film free um, on Amazon Prime if you have a Prime account, or it's like, I think it's like two or three dollars to watch if you don't. Um, if you want a hard copy, um, you can always Google Detroit Jit or the Jitterbugs, and then it'll lead you to the right place. But DetroitJitterbugs.com, that's their official website. Detroit Jitterbugs on Instagram. We just put up an Instagram. Um, I know we should have did that before, but <laughs> so we're trying to grow that. Please like, you know what I'm saying? And um, so that's at Detroit Jitterbugs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. On Instagram. On Instagram. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then Hardcore Detroit as well. I got links um, to these different places as well. Uh, and, and that's for both movies. Yes. Both the Jitterbugs, yeah. uh, Pioneers of the Jit, and yep. uh, Detroit, Detroit versus Chicago, <laughs> Jit versus Juke, which I am taking that uh, copy. Oh, yeah. I want to watch that. <laughs> yep. I am very, very intrigued. Yes. <laughs> I want to sure. see this uh, to the death battle. Right. And, uh, and, you know, just one last thing. Are there... Um, you know, a lot of a lot of men. Are there are there women, female jit dancers of of note that you feel like should? Yeah, but it's, it's it should be more though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, it's like that with a lot of dance forms. Is you know, it's like this is misproportioned. But um, but yeah, there's definitely you know, um, one to mention is Queen Gabby, and she's been doing a lot of things right now she's over in Cali right now trying to spread jet so that's crucial she's in, in LA you know and that's that's a, definitely a place if you if you're trying to really um, open up some doors you know to mm -hmm. be to be there so um, supporting her you know but yeah um, there's some some girls that was really dope that kind of like it seemed like they kind of retired but you know we were trying to you know it's an all, yeah. if you want to be all inclusive, and <laughs> yeah. if anyone wants to uh, take a JIT lesson right. or, or you know, mm -hmm. learn more about it, um, you are there's a there's a space. You have a rehearsal space that you can. Do you, do you give classes or how does that go? Yes, yeah, so I do privates. You know, uh -huh. so you can um, you can connect with me. Um, one is my email, Halim Rasul at yahoo.com or you can probably you know if you go on hardcoredetroit.com um, you can you know find me through there but yes we do have a um, open facility it's called the um, ccndc um, cast corridor um, development center and that's in midtown and uh, 3535 cast uh, zip code 48201 Every Mondays and Wednesdays from 7.30 to 10.30, where there is open, free to the public. It's not like a teaching um, environment. Mm -hmm. However, you can learn some things here and there. So it's not like we're doing workshops, but people come near. Sort of like an yeah. open rehearsal. Yeah, with, with various styles. We play various music. So you never know what you're going to get each week or each time. Um, also, I am teaching at Wayne State University as an adjunct. 
um, professor. I'm teaching JIT. Um, oh, wow. I, yeah, yeah. So you're an adjunct at yeah. Wayne State teaching JIT yeah. dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah, so I'm going to be starting um, in the winter semester, so in January. I already did one uh, uh, last year, winter semester, so... Yeah, so if you're interested in going to Wayne State, you know what I'm saying, boom, yeah. there you go. We usually uh, teach one great piece and they perform it for the spring um, dance concert. So That's really great. Uh, well, thank you, Helene, for, <laughs> for coming in and talking about this movie and uh, spreading, spreading the word about JIT <laughs> and Detroit. Yes, thanks for having me. Like, <laughs> you know, and uh, I know it may seem like this, this interview is, is uh, you know, kind of late since it was this was done in 2014 but this is a timeless piece right here yeah this is very no, timely I mean, yeah no, definitely definitely it's yeah. it's it's not like it was about exactly. an episode that occurred exactly. and you can't this is mm-hmm. jet is mm-hmm. is is uh ongoing exactly and and global and mm-hmm. so this is definitely um it doesn't matter if you watched it in 2015 or 2019. The, exactly. the story is still as strong, yes. as poignant, mm-hmm. and, and relevant. Exactly. Uh, so thank you, Halim, and uh, I look forward to talking to you soon. Likewise. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for listening to The Real Woman. Please join me next week. Please join me next week when my guests will be documentary filmmakers Rick Minnick and Matt Sweetwood. I interviewed them this summer in Potsdam, Germany, about their most recent project, a movie called The Straight Guys, a documentary about a group of Americans and Russians who are trying to connect our two countries via a train tunnel beneath the Bering Strait. You won't want to miss it.